hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark... Mark... Hershaw. Can it be? Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host at SPF 30 Sunscreen for Epi 136 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. We're back <laughs> once again with a, with a Suckatash Clips episode, an installment jam-packed with fresh clippage just for you. A couple of things before we get into the meat of this show. First of all, I'm thinking of starting a campaign to change the generic name of podcast to soundcast. There are only three marks in the U.S. I checked for soundcast. Two of them are for audio equipment. The third is for a teleconferencing service. So no one's using it right now. If we all start using soundcast right now to describe the podcast experience, there's a good chance we can keep it in the public domain and somebody can't register it, right? So we've talked before about how the podcast name was coined around the iPod from Apple, a device that is no longer even produced, and it will do away with the even more awkward video podcast, which isn't really a thing as a name. The video folks can just use video casts if they want that. How about that? Anyway, I say let's give it a shot. Who's with me? Soundcast, soundcast, sound. I'm getting too excited. Anyway, I guess my first move is to pay Bill Haywatt to change his opening and close to this show. So, are we going to be Suckatash, the comedy podcast soundcast? Or the comedy soundcast podcast? Or the comedy soundcast soundcast? Huh. <sighs> So many decisions. I better get in a room with the suits and figure this out. All right. Secondly, it looks like I will be participating in an upcoming celebration of the 40th anniversary of Spaghetti Jam in San Francisco. Now, Spaghetti Jam was an early improv group and pickup improv game where pretty much any of the San Francisco-based improvisers at the time could drop by the old Spaghetti Jam, which was an Italian restaurant in North Beach that included folks like Robin Williams, Jim Crenna, Lorenzo Matawarin, Michael Bazier, John Elk, Debbie Durst, and a whole bunch of others, including yours truly. Well, we're getting what's left of the jam back together for one night. On Sunday, September 11th, we'll be at the Eureka Theater in San Francisco. For more information for right now, check out the Spaghetti Jam page on Facebook. That's all I know. I uh, don't know how much tickets are going to be or where you can even get them. I guess Eureka Theater box office is a good place to start. I'll give you more information as I have it. Anyway, that's September 11th. Great day for, for a show. I asked why that day, and I received no answer. Uh, finally, I'm also beginning to get prepared for this year's 5th Annual Los Angeles Podcast Festival. Last episode, I had a brief interview with Chris Mancini co-host of the Comedy Film Nerds podcast and co-organizer of the L.A. PodFest. In that talk, we mentioned that I will be on hand to moderate the podcast and journalism or journalism and podcast panel, which is going to be great fun. Uh, it's going to be serious. I don't know. It'll be fun. It's going to be on 2 p.m. on Sunday, the last day of the PodFest. Panelists include Phoebe Judge and Lauren Sporer of the Criminal Podcast and Jefferson Graham of USA Today. So we'll be talking journalism. We'll be talking podcasts. And uh, it'll be, uh, I think it'll be an interesting chat. 
All right, that's it about me for right now, so let's get on to the good stuff. For Succotash Clips this time around, we've got snippets from Big Question, Comedy Film Nerds, Fake the Nation, Here We Are, Monday Morning Podcast, Psycho Show, WTF, and the most recent entrant into the podcast graveyard to date, the Taco Tuesday Podcast. That's right, our buddies in Colleen, Texas, they've decided to shut it down just this week after their 100th episode. So uh, it's a fresh body in the podcast graveyard. Uh, add to that a double dose of our Burst of Durst segment with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, who's been all over the Republican and Democrat conventions the past couple of weeks, a brand new spot from Henderson's Pants, and we'll toss in a little closing ditty from friend of Succotash, Abner Surd. All right, time to make something happen, Mr. Durst. Take it away. Hey, guys. Will Durst here from the balloon-strewn floor of the 41st Republican National Convention at the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, actually a hotel room about 30 miles east, but there's balloons here, too. I brought some back. The best way to describe what went down this week is Trump-a-palooza. It was all Trump all the time, when it wasn't about Hillary, which was often. To say she wasn't getting hit with the happy stick is like intimating that Phoenix in August might creep up past balmy. Chris Christie was ready to persecute, prosecute, execute, play a flute, and electrocute her until she turned to ashes, which she'd personally sprinkle into the Cuyahoga River. And did you ever notice that even when he's addressing supporters, Christie always sounds like he's reading them their Miranda rights? Ben Carcinogenic actually accused Hillary of being a disciple of Lucifer. Wow, where do you go from there? Not a lot of wiggle room left. What happens if she kicks a puppy? Is she more eviler than Lucifer? And since not a lot of heavyweight Republicans were in attendance, organizers were forced to flood the stage with Trumps. It was downright Trumpalicious. On the first night, the third wife gave a speech in which she lifted large portions from someone else's first wife. On Tuesday, the daughter of the second wife addressed the assembled, along with the son of the first wife. On Wednesday, it was the other son of the first wife that waxed poetic, and on the closing night, the daughter of the first wife introduced the man himself. Then the show ended with the whole crew crowding the stage, including the son of the third wife, and I'm not sure, but I think maybe wives number one and number two and a couple of assorted mistresses snuck up there as well. The funny thing is, they're all blonde. Even the ones that aren't blonde are blonde, if you catch my drift. It was Trump-tastic, or Trump-atrocious, depending on your point of view. So now it's on to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love for Hillary Rama. And I don't know if it'll be as exciting, but there will definitely be better music, and cheesesteaks, and maybe George Clooney. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. All right, don't forget to check out Mr. Durst on his home site 24-7 at willdurst.com. He's also tweeting at Will Durst, and it's a good time to start following him because uh, with the presidential election year hard upon us now, he's funnier than ever. I'm reviewing the episode out this week of WTF with Mark Marin uh, for splitsider.com. He had Jane Lynch in the garage as his Monday guest. I think she's hilarious, and she also seems pretty level-headed and decent as a human being. In this sample from the show, she's talking about how she first met director and comic actor Christopher Guest, and then later ended up in his Best in Show movie. Wouldn't you say that the first time that you really sort of became defined as a comic actress was with Chris? Chris, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was doing a commercial 
um, for uh, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, and he really? di- he directed it. Oh, yeah. So I went through the audition process, and then at the callback, there he was okay. directing a, a Frosted. I guess everyone's got to make a living. He directs commercials all. The time he does the ESPN, the hilarious ESPN commercials. If you ever laugh out loud at a commercial, Christopher Guest directed. Does he do it because he likes to? I think because he likes to. He does not need the money. Right. I think he d- he does it because he loves it. Because like because like advertising people, that if you're in the funny advertising mm-hmm. people game, I mean that's a very competitive, very sometimes very brilliant little world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is the Joe Pitkas. Yeah. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the. the uh, the, the the rules that Chris has and he has it when he makes a movie too is nobody is allowed to have any input so that can be maddening for like a client but they do it they do it anyway oh, the, the they client? are off in a room like the the Kellogg's people were off in a room they aren't allowed to talk to us not allowed to talk to him oh okay so that's his fuck you yeah <laughs> I, I had to assume there had to be a fuck you in there somewhere yeah, I think he collaborates in the beginning but then in the sh- you know he basically says this is how it goes and uh-huh. you know when he's creating and he's doing his thing you know and that's how you met him that's how I met him yeah and and then he just loved you or how did I it guess work? so wouldn't that be nice uh, yeah. yes and I love him too yeah he told me at lunch when we were doing uh, the Kellogg's Frosted Flakes thing he said you know I do movies and I'm like yeah I'm waiting for Guffman come on it's Final Tap and he said you know maybe doing another one I hope we can work together again and I said I would love that and then I ran into him at a restaurant about six months later. And yeah. He went, oh, yeah, Jane, I forgot about you. Come to my office today. Yeah. And by the end of the day, uh, he had asked me to go to Vancouver to do Best in Show. So that's how that came down. That's a great character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, thank you. Oh, my God. And, that's uh, so funny. Jennifer Coolidge, uh, the best, oh my God. best partner a girl could ask for. It's her, hilarious. In her, in her maiden voyage with the Christopher mm-hmm. Guest people. Yeah. Was that her first time? Yeah, it was her, her first time. Where too. did she come from? <laughs> she, you know, she'd been around. She was... I had seen her around. She's about my age. Right. I, I had seen her around. She'd done She TV. Yeah. Do you remember She TV? A little bit. It was really funny. And um, she was at the Groundlings. Right. She was a Groundling. And but that, like, that role for her was just, that yeah, was, that was hilarious. Yeah, Yeah, she was just firing on all cylinders. And now he, when you work with him, is it, it's a lot of improv. It's all improv. Yeah. yeah, there's no and there's no rehearsal and he just shoots. So that experience, yes. how did that change your whole life? Well, it changed my career for sure because people knew who I was and kind of almost by name. So that was nice and I started getting offers as opposed to having to audition, which I right. loved. Catch the rest of that interview over at Mark Marin's home site, WTFPod.com, iTunes, or just look for WTF on the Laughable app on your iOS device, which I'm finding a great way to listen to my favorite podcasts. Our next clip comes from the Big Question podcast and was submitted directly to us from our upload link. The note that accompanied it tells us a little bit about the show and goes something like this. Saw your requests for submissions on Twitter and figured we throw our collective hats in the ring. The Big Question podcast has been in operation for slightly over a year and brings a weekly dose of no-holds-barred comedy and discussion. The four regular hosts are joined by an ever-changing collection of guests where we discuss a massive topics from having sex with David Cameron for money, Epi 2, to flatmates' cleanliness problems, Epi 33, to the inner workings of gay, gay culture with our regularly occurring friend Rochi. This comes in from Pete, who calls himself a, quote, representative of the Big Question podcast, unquote. My brother and I used to go and um, explore the forest and build loads of bases. And one time, we found that somebody had pre-constructed the start of a base um, with, like, a cargo crate that had fallen off a train. Because we live near, a, 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 like, an industrial train line. So they used to fucking plow it down there with loads of millions of trailers behind it with coal and shit in them. So one of these, like, boxes had fallen off, smashed. 
Somebody had dragged it up from the train tracks and just like inserted it into this wood. And it was like a two-story base. And it was amazing. It was amazing <laughs> until um, we'd been working on it for a few weeks, putting you know leaves in bags to make pillows and that kind of stuff so we could just chill out in the forest base. Um, and uh, we went there and it was randomly full of like porn mags. <laughs> and we were like, fucking hell, porn, amazing. And we were like... I don't know, nine and ten, I guess. So we were just absolutely made up with having porn everywhere. So this is pre-wanking? No. Oh, really? Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. As soon as I found out I had a penis and was conscious of it, I was like, we're going to fucking get to work on this, boy. <laughs> I'm going to develop a relationship with this thing. I remember, I remember being really disappointed when I first actually came, rather than just orgasm without anything else. I was like, oh, no, what's going on here? <laughs> so... We found a porn mag, but obviously we were like, this is basically treasure. We found it, it's ours now. And we took one home. We were like, not losing this bad boy. <laughs> so I remember the story in the porn mag, and this, this will come up a bit later. So in there, there was um, a young lady who went on a boat trip of some description with her dad's older friend. Oh, no. Girls, he, he knew what he was doing. He was serious. He was and a serious that's what ladies man. crave. That's apparently. it. So things got heated. They started having sexy times. And then he, because he was an experienced man, decided that he was going to go for some bum play. And it was her first time, I remember. And one of the lines she said was, it burns and tickles, but I like it. That Does it said, burn and tickle, Kat? I wouldn't know. That's such a lie. <laughs> We've been through this before. My butt is exit only. <laughs> no go, no go for the butt. No Not for this girl though. This girl wasn't cat. This girl was more adventurous, more grown up. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Richard and I, we've been reading this magazine cover to cover for weeks. This um, is Richard Fisher, Gary's brother. That's right. <laughs> Very happy that I've mentioned him in his story. So one day. Um, we were having we were having dinner um, with the whole family. All seventeen hundred of us gathered round the round table in Camelot. My mum had made a new type of mashed potato. Wow! And she was like, do you "Mashed like- potato and leeks." She was like, "Do you like the mashed potato I've made?" And I said, "It burns and tickles, mum, but I like it." <laughs> and my brother fucking pissed himself <laughs> laughing for like. Weird. <laughs> he just fucking went off on it. And he was laughing so hard that I started laughing. And I like <laughs> Tasha had just joined in. She didn't know what's going on, but she's always ready to party. So <laughs> it was like just bust out laughing. My mum was like, Stop laughing! This is a chimpanzee's tea party. She didn't know about the bum sex though. So she didn't know. Bitch. Poor old skeletal. Oh, you're so mean about your mom. Full disclosure, that was actually a clip of the clip that the Big Question people sent in because they had a compilation of three clips. And, well, it wasn't totally clear where the three clips separated, so it might have been a bit confusing. But it's funny stuff. The four hosts are Pete, Maria, Gary, and Kat. You also heard Liam, their guest on episode 36 that that clip came from, which I discovered by visiting their home site all by myself at bigquestionpodcast.com. You can also get them on iTunes and other places on the intracables. By the by, if you're a comedy podcaster or maybe just a listener to a comedy podcast that you like a lot and would like to upload a three to five minute MP3 clip directly to us, just like they did from Big Question, just use our upload site at hightail.com slash you slash 
succotash. And now, a pause for a sip from some hot coffee. <sighs> yeah. You know, the other chief source for our clips here on Succotash is our noble associate producer, Tyson Saner. From his lair in an undisclosed location, somewhere in the northern reaches of California, Tyson is constantly slicing and dicing delectable chunks of podcast goodness. We have several that he's cooked up on this week's show. And the first is from the aforementioned Comedy Film Nerds podcast from episode 317, back in April with guest Jeff Tate. Uh, Krampus, this movie I was... uh kind of disappointed on i was really excited to see it i thought it'd be like another kind of cool christmas monstery movie like a gremlins or something but it just it had a weird really weird tone and it 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 fell apart a little bit uh i saw gremlins for the first time last december really yeah wasn't allowed to watch it when i was a kid when i got to the point where i would be allowed to watch it i just kind of forgot right (laughs) and then i watched it last december and i probably should have seen it when i was a kid yeah yeah it's one of those movies that's like um you see it kind of when you're younger and it's like one of your first scary movies yeah it's kind of like an intro to it seeing it first as an adult probably didn't have the same impact (laughs) well the impact it had on me was in a weird way it reminded me of that movie funny people because funny people had those three big storylines and the the only one that i found interesting at all was how did the jason schwartzman and Seth Rogen characters stay friends. Oh, right. When that guy gets a TV show, and the only reason, like, he's not a better comic or anything, he's just, right. uh, it's, you know, 90% of being on TV is that they have a, they have pictured someone, and then you walk in and you look like what they imagined. Right. And they go, this is what it looks like in my head. So that's what he was good at, was looking like what that guy thought that <laughs> guy would look in his head. And Seth Rogen is just, like he's a better comic, but he, they still they're roommates, and he's kind of a dick. Like that's the story I wanted to see explored, and it was the one that was least right. touched on. Right. And Gremlins had a bunch of like a bunch of characters and whatever, and the only like the most interesting one and the one I want to see, I, I would watch ten more movies about the mom. Right. Oh, right. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? That lady, like, those gremlins came out, and it just it seemed like she had been beaten down and under that dude's thumb, not physically or right. whatever, but, like, she had just kind of resigned herself to this super boring life of with her husband on the road trying to sell his fucking gizmos. And then the gremlins turn into monsters, and she turns into Sarah Connor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so there's no, there's no way she doesn't leave him. Right. When this is done, like right. she goes and gets a haircut, gets a fancy new dress. She starts working out. Suddenly yeah. she's in a band or something, or she goes <laughs> to the police academy. Like she realizes she could be her own independent woman. Right. And that was the, like the moment she killed all those gremlins in her kitchen from then on, it should have just been about her. Right. Right. Thelma and Louise by herself. Just fuck this. <laughs> Turns out I was just bored. Thought I was sick for seven years. Turns out I was bored. So, and the last movie on DVD speaking is... Speaking of a woman with a gun. Yeah, speaking of a woman with a gun, Jane Got a Gun. This is the Natalie Portman movie where... With Joel Edgerton. Yeah, and defending her her homestead. This is... this is. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't hear anything about this movie. It was in the theater for it like a minute. It came and went, yeah. It, came, it, it had a $25 million budget. It made uh, its opening weekend like $800,000. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't know... Is it one of those movies where I'm curious actually because is it one of those movies where it was just awful and they just it was a mistake or just no one saw it or yeah they didn't market it correctly and it's like how did this not 
Well, I, I think we can say that it, there's a good chance it's, at the very least, it's both. You know what I mean? Because you didn't even hear about it. Right. So it for sure wasn't marketed correctly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you host a movie podcast. <laughs> you should have known it was out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I wouldn't blame yourself for not knowing <laughs> it was out, but I don't know that uh, it's got... Here, I'm looking it up. Yeah, it's got a 5.7 on IMDb. Ian McGregor's in it, you know. Yeah, know. it's got it's got some decent actors in it. So it should be like I I wanted to see it. I do remember when it came out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it, and I can't. Uh, this feels like something when when you when I'm going to see it available somewhere on cable or Netflix. It'll or something. be on a plane. Yeah, or on a plane, <laughs> and I'm going to go. Oh, you know what? And I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. All right. So that's it, why I, I just saw our brand yeah. is Crisis on a plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what was that like? Uh, I'll tell you what. I loved it on a plane. Oh, great! Like, it's great for being on a plane. Like I don't know. I I don't know if I had gone to see it in the theater if I would have loved it. But I, I'll tell you the if, circumstances. If you, it gets you if, through two hours of a plane if you've ride. You get a God mediocre or a bad movie. You should somehow be able to enable comments and ratings only if people seeing it on a plane. Right. Like oh yeah, yeah. Everything will be a plane rating. Yeah. yeah, there'll be a plane rating. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, it should have yeah. the uh, critic score, the user score, and the plane and the rating. Score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the airplane score is like that was great. Yeah. Yeah, because if it if it gets something bad on an airplane, then it's so it's bad. the yeah, worst movie complete, that's ever yeah, been made. completely unwatchable. I'm looking forward to chatting up both Chris and Graham at this year's 5th Annual L.A. PodFest. You can still get tickets at LAPodFest.com. Also remember, I'm hosting the panel on journalism and podcasting on Sunday, September 25th at 2 p.m. Find Epis of CFN at their home site, ComedyFilmNerds.com. The Laughable app iTunes and wherever quality soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. See, I'm trying to use it already. Soundcasts. Sounds good. Rolls right off the tongue. Another show I reviewed for Splitsider this week was the Monday Morning Podcast with Bill Burr. What a funny guy Bill is. I admire his ability to just hold a mic and kind of freeball his way through an hour without a co-host, a sidekick, or any other sort of production elements. I mean, he can't read a spot worth a damn, but other than that, he's on a level that includes Greg Proops and maybe Greg Fitzsimmons, back when he occasionally didn't have a guest. Get up to Splitsider.com if you want to read my review, and here's a snippet from the episode I reviewed, where Bill's talking about Rudy Giuliani and cops. Did you guys see Rudy Giuliani's speech about the policeman? That was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life, the way he was trying to get that crowd going, you know? They come to your house! They didn't have to be there! They'll take a bullet for you. I, I wanted him to keep going. You know, he just basically distra- described police officers' jobs. But I wanted him to keep going, and I wanted him to 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 betray how wealthy he is and and the influential friends that he has. You know, they come to your house. They say you're under arrest, but you have your lawyer meet him in the driveway. And they say Rudy will turn himself in in three days. And they all leave. And the charges go away. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted him to go that far. Because here's the deal. You know, the way the police are being painted right now is fucking ridiculous. It's the same way, you know, if one comic sucks, then every fucking comic out there has a lampshade on their fucking head. 
You know what I mean? There's definitely some terrible people that are police officers, but that doesn't mean that they're all bad. Okay? Now, Rudy Giuliani, you can't fucking stand there where you exist in society with your skin color and think that you can accurately describe police officers. You know, you need somebody a little more mid-range. Well, maybe it's good that he said that. Okay, now we got the high end, right? Black people fucking said their end. And then you just need somebody in the middle. Nah, he still can't do it. He still can't do it because of racism. You got to try to balance the whole fucking thing out. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, you, you think, you know what would be great with, the, with the, the fucking cell phone cameras and then the cops film themselves? What would be great is if somebody fucked up as a cop, if they actually got fired, if they actually fucking were punished and went to jail, if they actually murdered somebody, not like, you know, one or two or three people, if they actually just started doing that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's any fucking solution to it. You know what I mean? It's a hell of a fucking job to have. Well, you got to walk up to a fucking car, not knowing if you're going to get shot or not. That would make me a little edgy. You know what I mean? I think a lot of cunts can sit in their fucking living room when they're perfectly safe, being like, oh, you know what I would do? This is what I would have done, right? Like when you watch your fucking quarterback throw an interception and then you say, I would have dumped it off to the tight end. Oh, is that what you, that's what you would have done on your fucking couch? I think it's an impossible job. And I also think that there's an element to that job that fucking sadistic psychopaths are attracted to bouncers and all those things. There's a lot of people that just want to beat the shit out of people that go for that job. Then there's other ones that go there. They have their heart in the right fucking place, you know, but they don't really make the news. You know what I mean? It's kind of like comics. Like every night we tell jokes, nobody gets offended. And then one cunt gets fucking offended. And then all of a sudden, is that what it's like, Bill? (laughs) Somebody getting unarmed, somebody unarmed getting murdered is like somebody getting in trouble for a Caitlyn Jenner joke. Gee, Bill, thanks for fucking explaining that one. Ah, fuck you. It's my podcast. Okay. I choose not to read. Sounds like Bill has a few shows coming up at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this next month. You can find his Monday morning podcast at the All Things Comedy Network, the Laughable app, and everywhere else podcasts can be found, I think. Tyson slices off a hunk of the Psycho Show. Both of those words, incidentally, start with P, the letter P, Psycho Show. Hence their tagline, the world's worst named podcast, <laughs> which is hosted by VJ, Shadez, and Tolly. No idea if I'm pronouncing those names right, by the way, except maybe VJ, because really, how can you screw up initials? I'm not even going to try to describe the conversation in this five-minute clip. I, I think they're driving or walking somewhere while they're recording it. I, I can't even tell. All right, I'll drive. We're just going to go there and back, right? Yeah. Dude, you're so, you're so nervous. Mm-hmm. Still that chick? Well, like five more minutes. No, because I, I also want to apply for that job oh, online yeah. right when I get home. Okay. To take a shower and then go pick her up. Mm. And I have to do that by eight. Mm. It's like an yeah, hour and forty minutes. Yeah. Got an right. hour. So that means you got an hour to eat burrito. Oh, dude! I usually eat only. Half. Where are you going? I o- I usually only eat half of it. Really? Is it really and then I sit. And then I. They're pretty big. The yeah, house, I want a burrito so bad. You sat in the front last time. Come sit in front of the side. Oh. Actually, now you're taller. No, 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 no. I'm positive. I have no. I like how I like how everyone's getting along now. No, that's socialism. No, that was socialism. In Russia, one of us would have done. We would have dueled. He would have been like, what'd you say to me? 15 steps the other way and turn around and shoot. Yeah, how much, uh, yeah, I'll turn the AC up, bro.
What do you mean? Uh, but I always so nice, dude. Right he, now, hey, dude, he gets me with that every time too. But I roll it down out of habit half the time, or just to get a yeah. Because you have you, you guys have friends and assholes who fucking hate you. No, but because oh. maybe sometimes I just want a fucking face full of fresh. Well, you're allowed to roll the window. Yeah, yeah. But, but as soon as I do, before I can even roll it up, you're like, what, what are you doing? No, I'm saying I just I don't ask you what you're doing. I'm saying I'm putting it on the AC so you know okay. that eventually it feels like you're saying up. don't no, roll that fucking God. window down. All right, bro. All right, no bro. information. I'm just saying right? that's the way it feels. That's how intense you are. I forget how intense you are, so it's hard for me to follow uh, that. I feel like I'm just saying they have some kind of like a it's like a plate of like meat, cheese, and like guacamole. Oh, what is that yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. Meat, cheese, and guacamole. I think so, but uh, yeah, but it's like a plate. Those have nachos. My no. Does that French fries and nachos in it? Yeah, for, I think French fries. Carne asada fries, bro. They're yeah, probably the most popular item there. I yeah. fucking love that shit. Dude, they're pretty know. good. It's carb central, but they're pretty good. Car- Dude, at that point, you're committed. Though. Yeah. Fucking- <laughs> <laughs> this from the guy that was fucking hating But I mean, carne asada fries, dude? Fuck. I'm talking about sugar, my dude, but I'll, I'll get down on some carbs. Oh. But sugar is... That's the same shit. Food. No. They're, they they are, but they're Yo, different. Is turkey Yeah, the slightly. Is turkey But the way your body digests No, turkey meat's all... No, protein, bro. No. There might be carbs in it, but they're healthy if there is. Maybe. In what, turkey? I don't think there's any carbs in meat at all. Um, yeah, and like red meats and shit. Like little amounts? Yeah, little amounts, small amounts. The, I think the wider the meat, though, the less amount there is. That's why people eat a lot of like chicken and shit. Meat. Oh, yeah. damn, dude. It's calling me. <sighs> I, I, Yo, would you guys want to take, somewhere, take a trip out to Colorado? Yo, look at this yeah, I'm going to Colorado next month. No shit, man. Yeah, really? I'm flying out to Denver. Well, no shit, for how long? Well, I think like three days, just check it out. Probably just record some shit with some homies, nice, probably for man. a little smokation. Yo, hit up a comedy club. Dude, there's a really good comedy club in, in central Denver. I don't know where it Dude, is. Dude, I'll but... probably follow what they're doing. I'll probably throw it out there and they'll probably just throw it back in my face. But we can always make a trip. Mm-hmm. Let's go, go on a weekend. Some shit. On the yeah, we'll do something sometime. Cool. We'll uh, probably, I mean, it's going to be after you move and shit. It's going to cost some shit. Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But... It's only a couple months and shit. Dude, it's coming up quick, man, but I'll have plenty of money to do it, so I'm excited. Yeah, just focus, man. If you need. Yeah, I'm probably up in Chandler, probably. Yeah, that's fine. Because uh, that's. That's the that's area. The, well, dude, and then, like, the nicest place I found was, like, 500 and something bucks. Yeah, it's a cheap. studio. It's cheap as fuck, and it's a brand new facility. It's Where's dope. this? It's in Chandler. Uh, I don't know the cross streets, but it's close to the 202. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, I mean, if you looked them up online, you'd probably find them. Um, they're, it's really clean. They have a gym, they've got everything. It's super new, and they, they have studios for, like, $509 a month. Baby, we'll record there. Yeah, I'm down. Well, we'll party there and get some bitches there. I'm also down. And we won't invite Tolly because we don't like him anymore. Because <laughs> yeah, well, he'd be like, he'd be like, why don't... <laughs> <laughs> I have so many problems, dude. Let me hear it. Yeah. You don't like Jews. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. How obvious was it, dude? Did he know, like, immediately upon looking at me, that was a Jew hater? Yo. Because why do you think why me and Z would hang out? We got something in <laughs> we got something in common, right? Both yeah. yeah. Yo, that's a pretty cool. Dude, I take a picture of that every time, like it's new for Snapchat. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, yo, you know where that's from? Have you seen a movie called This Is Forty? Nah. Oh, yeah. what's it? What is it? It's the, it's the second part that knocked up. Have uh, you seen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it was pretty I good. Watch oh, movies, man. I don't watch really funny. Yeah. Lately, yeah, but that's the one thing I was like, do you know what your problem is? You don't like juice. Damn. You bro. can't use the Jew card. Yeah? That's right. You can't. You can't. Race card, Jew card. It's all we got sometimes, man. That's all I pull. You know that. Yo, listen.
There's a glimpse into the Psycho Show, part of the hashtag Pottern Family Collective of Twitter-friendly soundcasts. Find them on SoundCloud, iTunes, blah, 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 blah. And if you can't remember they spell their show title with P's, just hop over to our home site, SuccotashShow.com, and click on the Psycho Show title to get to their home site. Hang tight, we'll be back with more clippage right after this exciting word about the new summer stock slacks from our friends at Henderson's Pants. Hello, friends, and welcome to the lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Bill Haywatt here to tell you about the latest invention from Henderson's Pants, Summer Stock Slacks. Just like those amazing Broadway shows that leave the great white way to hit the road and make money off the rubes in the flyover states, Henderson's Summer Stock Pants look great on the outside, but they're really cheaply made, using the flimsiest of materials and very little attention to detail. They look great on the outside from 20 feet away. Oh, but trust me, these suckers barely hold up past the first wearing. And by first wearing, I'm talking about the try-on in the dressing room. And once you wash them for the first time, you can just plan on throwing your brand new Henderson Summerstock slacks away. Ultra cheap to make. You'd think Henderson's would pass the savings on to you. But oh my goodness, no, these handsome but useless trousers are just as expensive as our top-of-the-line dress slacks. Originally designed for out-of-towners, yokels, and complete schlemiels, Anderson Summerstock slacks are available in little tourist shops wherever trinkets and tchotchkes are sold. That's Anderson's, makers of ephemeral garments and transitory togs since 1354. And now back to the unique permanence of... There's a new comedy U.S. panel show that revolves around politics and current events. It's called Fake the Nation and is hosted by Negan Farsad. Every episode, she has a couple of comedically inclined guests. And I mentioned episode three this past week on Splitsider, where the talk was mostly about the political conventions and her guests were Dino Bidala and Nato Green. Here's a taste. This is my favorite ridiculous moment in the GOP platform. The platform wants parents of gay children to use the practice of gay conversion therapy. What's really interesting to me about this is that the, there's this guy, Alan Chambers. He was the president, He, uh, I think, founder of Exodus International, which was the primary gay conversion therapy uh, institution. And he, I think it was maybe last year or two years ago, came out and said, hey, I'm shutting this thing down. Gay conversion therapy does not work. And I think it's it's probably really bad of us to demonize gay people. And I'm still basically gay, even though I have a wife and I'm trying to not be gay, but I'm, I'm still just gay. And none of this is working. And so this widely denounced practice of gay conversion therapy is now in 2016 – in the GOP platform, that's my favorite. What what uh, points did you guys? I like find? that they came out in favor of segregation, which was shocking. I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that beat a Muslim up every Friday just for fun. <laughs> They're going to release a Muslim tonight, I think, in the convention for their enjoyment, just to run around and beat him. <laughs> I mean, it's a, the platform. It's funny the platform and Donald Trump don't agree on certain key issues, like with with trade LGBT issues, where he's actually. Arguably more progressive than the LGBT than than the the GOP is on on fundamental issues, but I mean the GOP part of their their platform is now forget the whole idea of reaching out to minorities. I really think the GOP is double down the idea that it's just going to continue to be 
this white, white party until they lose horribly and then finally wake up. But also the, <clears throat> the funny thing is they're sort of really denying themselves. As I saw a, uh, a headline on uh, Mike.com that said that Republican convention 2016 attendees are searching for hot gay sex on Craigslist. So those numbers probably went way up because, you know, the log cabin Republicans uh, exist. They actually tried to get um, some changes to the GOP platform that were I was just flatly in Cleveland. rejected. They are the gayest looking people I've ever seen in these <laughs> convention delegates walking around. They couldn't be gay over there in a Broadway show. Like they're, the gay, they're clearly the gayest ever. Just come out. <laughs> You're gay. You're an What's wrong with delegation. you? The reason they're not gay is that I like whenever I turned on the convention yesterday, I was seeing crowd shots of them dancing, and they <laughs> oh, do not dance no, like no. gay people. No, no, no. <laughs> they dance like you know your grandpa at a bar mitzvah. The, you know, as your grandpa does, again, <laughs> dancing at bar mitzvahs all the time. So it was just like it was such a you know these like hideous like all American flag costumes. Yes. You know, with like sequined, things sequined. sequined and a cowboy hat, and then a dorky dance. It was just like. Why I I like and it was on Fox News and I and and I I was like why why are you showing this like do you think that this is is there anyone at home watching this being like yeah I got to get with those people <laughs> those are my those are miente <laughs> over there <laughs> miente oh I do love me a good panel show that's fake the nation you can find them on Earwolf iTunes the Laughable app and elsewhere. Comedians are just curiosity seekers like the rest of us. I mean, with podcasts such as Professor Blastoff, May It Rest in Peace, and many others, the hosts are often comics just looking for answers. Tyson clipped us off some of the Here We Are show, hosted by comedian Shane Moss, and in his Epi 77, he talks up music and psychology with guest Daniel Levinson, who is a cognitive psychologist, neuroscientist, best-selling author, musician, and record producer. Try some now, won't you? So I just went last Sunday. I went to see um, David Gilmore. Oh and, yeah, and uh, which I I was like, I, I I was like, oh yeah, I think I might have time for that or whatever. When my roommate suggested it, and then when I was there, I was like, oh my god, I almost went my whole life without ever seeing anyone from Pink Floyd, which uh, was always one of my favorites, probably my favorite band of all time. Um, when when I was a teenager. First it was Nirvana, and then it was uh, Pink Floyd, and um, and it, it's interesting. Why why is it that those those bands that you uh, <laughs> that that everyone listens to during those formative years? Um, maybe I guess that kind of answers itself a little bit. But but why why is it that those are those are the groups that people end up liking for the rest of their life, and and uh, they they don't understand the new stuff that the kids today are listening to, and that sort it's of thing. It's just noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's, as you say, they're formative years, and we now know something about the science behind it. So um, between the age of birth, well, minus six months in the womb, you know. If, Three months old, so minus six months, mm-hmm. and um, and about ten years old. The primary mission of the brain is to make as many new connections as possible. So you're hungrily soaking up stuff like a sponge before the age of ten, and then around eleven, the pubertal growth hormones start to kick in. And one of the things they do is they make everything that's happening around you seem 
Very important. Oh, it is. It is very, <laughs> very important. And so that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you, I mean, it's not just music. You probably remember movies you saw then and books you read and the friends you had and, the, you know, the things you did. Uh, and then the other thing is the brain's now shifting its mission in the second decade of life to start pruning away unnecessary or unused connections. Mm-hmm. And so it instantiates very strongly the stuff that's coming in. You're literally wiring your brain up to the experiences of those years. And so not everybody, but most people report that the music between the ages of, say, 12 and 16, maybe 12 and 20, that's really the shit. Yeah. (laughs) And they spend the rest of their lives trying to find either more of that or new music that sounds like that, because maybe their heroes uh, are being copied by some of the young artists. Today. Right. Um, yeah. That, that's well. It's interesting. I read. I read that there's um, some sort of time frame. I think it's around like three years old or four years old or something like that. Where, where whatever foods you haven't been exposed to by the age of four. It's later on in life, it's going to take you a lot longer to kind of acquire the taste for those foods. That's why it took us so long to come around to coffee. When <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to come around to coffee, and now I can't get enough of it. Um, so, so it's interesting that there does seem to be these mechanisms that, uh, that, that are like, okay, we, we know what we need to know about that. That's, yeah. we're, we're good. We got music figured out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything else is going to take... Some time. Well, there are some people who have very open tastes, and they're constantly expanding. Uh, people like David Byrne, mm. uh, hopefully record company executives, you know, who are a bunch of people my age, making decisions for a bunch of people less than half my age, a third of my age even, and um, hopefully they keep open minds. There's some legendary record company people who were able to spot talent years before anybody else was. Seymour Stein is one of my favorite examples. So he started Sire Records. Mm -hmm. And he's responsible for us knowing about a whole range of groups like the Ramones, Depeche Mode, the Pretenders, the Talking Heads, Madonna. He signed all those bands when nobody else knew who they were. Hmm. There's a fascinating array of past guests. If you want to check out the home site, herewearepodcast.com. It's also on the Laughable app, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. This past week saw friends of Succotash toss in the virtual towel. Podcast Dan, Adam Wolf, and Dave in the Cave over at the Taco Tuesday podcast hung up their mics. They managed to hang in for their centennial Epi 100, but some situations with their physical studio space, as well as what they perceived as low listenership, finally decided them on closing up shop. Normally, we wait until a show's been in the ground for a year or more, (laughs) and I have a feeling these guys are going to be back in one configuration or another. But for now, here's literally the last few minutes of the Taco Tuesday podcast. Here's the last song on the Taco Tuesday podcast. On the road again? This is the Holy Modal Rounders, and I like boobs a lot. Oh, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Is this that band that you played and we were just looking at you like you're no, weird? No, no, no. We're just no, looking no. at him like he's weird. No, no, no. So, Dave, you're going to take the, the the gum? Is that... 
You can take. You have you're custody of the gum. Me, you're giving me the gum. I'm giving you the gum. Oh, okay. So that, that's you, yours. When you, when you christen the new studio that you're going to feel guilty about, <laughs> and then you're gonna, we're gonna do this in your house because I think we should do we're this show in your house. We're not gonna do this in my. Oh, oh, holy shit. <laughs> oh, perfect. Man, that lid was not on there tight. Wasn't it perfect? Oh, yeah. So Dave picked it up by... Let's trash this dump. Yeah, he picked, he picked it up by the oh, yeah. by the lid, which popped oh, yeah. off. Oh, yeah. And now there's gumballs all over the floor. We'll just set this show charge there, the log there. Oh, all right. Lord. There we go. Holy right. shit. There we are. I've made a very small contained mess in the well, corner. You've made Dan magic. Yeah. yeah. Look, at, look at the corner here. Look what I've done. <laughs> look at the whole fucking place. Look at this. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Uh, Davis. He literally has trashed the studio. I have trashed my corner. Uh, I am not going to get my my security deposit back. No. I think it's, you're, you're, is it three hundred dollars? I think it's gone. <laughs> Man, it's when they sh- it is actually three hundred dollars. <laughs> when they shut your water off, they were telling you you're not getting your security deposit back. Mm. All right. Well, I'll clean up here while we end the show. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a good episode. Bye. So we like sum up? You know, you got to sum up the whole show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you got? What do you got? Do you want to do like Mash did and write goodbye, uh, amen, and farewell in the parking lot with cigarette butts and hobos? <laughs> uh, um, does one of us have to go crazy? Dan Elder's plane spun in all over the sea of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, bring the, bring the bed down, bring the bed down all the way, and uh, there were you, no survivors. You open up the door like you're just rushing yeah. in, and quote Radar. Radar puts your scrubs on. Radar puts your scrubs on. What's wrong with you? You have news? Lieutenant Colonel Blake's plane. Elder, Elder, Elder. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Elder's plane. Elder. Sergeant Major Elder. Uh, Sergeant Major Elder's plane spun into the sea of Japan. There are no survivors. Did Dan didn't make it? No, Did Dan didn't make it? <laughs> <laughs> He's dead! He- Happy days are here again. Oh, the skies! <laughs> we don't care if you tune in. It no. doesn't matter. Fuck it. You know what? I'm going to start a grease fire oh. over here. You know what? You think you're just getting a jar full of uh, <laughs> bubble gum, but bubble there's gum. like a nickel in there, too. So yeah. It's a dime. Whatever, oh, else, whatever else was on the floor is now in the jar, so, you know, enjoy your hair. Enjoy your hobo hair. Enjoy your hair from the uh, janitorial podcast, which will be put up next week in place of Taco Tuesday. Uh, take the weekend off, guys. Okay. Hey, it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun. And uh, Dan, thanks for the opportunity yeah, to uh, it was great. We to have it. fun with guys on a Sunday morning. Thanks yes. for all the tacos. Yes, it's been and a lot of fun. Thanks has. for the memories and uh, and the candy. We will and see. We will see you in whatever comes next. <laughs> and this has been Taco Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sorry, guys. You'll be missed. It's Tweet Sack time as we begin to get towards the end of this Epi 136. We've still got a closing burst of Durst coming up and a new Abner Surge song to close out the show, so stick around. But for right now, it's time to see if we've got any Tweet Sack loving. No, I didn't mean you, Tweety. This first email is sort of a sidelong email, but it kicks off a bit of information I want to pass along. It's from Meg Wright, the editor of the This Week in Comedy podcast column on Splitsider.com. As you likely know, I am one of the contributors to that weekly roundup of comedy podcast reviews. And Meg says, starting this week, we will be paying $25 per week for the podcast roundup. Now, 25 bucks may not sound like much, 
but I've been doing those reviews for four years for nothing. It's a hell of a lot more than this podcast gets in donations ever, so it's welcome news. The catch, because of course there's always a catch, is that those reviews now have a two-week exclusivity to them, which means I can no longer turn around on Friday and republish my review in Huffington Post. So there will be a two-week delay in moving those over. While I wait to catch up, the HuffPo reviews this week and next will be HuffPo exclusives, so enjoy. Got this note in yesterday. Dear Mark Hershon, I love your podcast, Suckatash, especially the recent bit about gun control. Did I talk about gun control? I, somebody did. As well as your podcast reviews in the Huffington Post. In particular, your coverage of wooden overcoats. Yeah, I love that show. If you're open to it, please consider Wolf 359 an audio drama podcast for which I am producer and actor. Here's a brief synopsis. Wolf 359 is a radio drama in the tradition of golden age of radio shows. Set on board the USS Hephaestus, yeah, Hephaestus, I think that's right, space station, the dysfunctional crew deals with daily life or death emergencies while searching for signs of alien life and discovering there might be more to their mission than they thought. Myself and my creative team would be happy to make whatever resources you want readily available, including any questions you might have for us. Thanks for your time, Zach Valenti. Well, thank you, Zach. I downloaded several recent episodes and liked what I heard. And your note was just in time to make the also-listening portion of this week's Huffington Post podcast, or soundcast, reviews. So go check that out if you want, and we'll clip uh, Wolf 359 in the very near future. Our hosting service, Libsyn, let me sign up for us to be distributed on iHeartRadio. Now, that came through the tweet sack. Not sure if it's really happening yet or not, but I signed up. So let me know if you hear Suckatash on iHeartRadio, won't you? I guess that's it for the emails and notes of interest. I appreciate all you do in terms of passing the Suckatash. And with that in mind, here's our celebration of thanks for those of you who took time in the past week or so to tweet, retweet, mention, like, update, heart, email, Instagram, or let people know about us through your social media endeavors. Going to keep this one short when you go a month between episodes. There are way too many people to thank, so here's just a sampling with a music bed from our friend Tyson Sainer. The Slant, Let's Chat, Broken Filter Live, Salty Language Podcast, Glass Half Broken, Gwenevan PR, Squizbiz, Irresponsible Mentors, Chunt, Spare Min, Susan Bennett, C. Morgan 3, Bad Cop, Bad Cop Show, Carrie Snow, Analog Stick Radio, Davian Dent, Mark Selzen, Mary Epworth, uh, Hand of Glory, Ned Kenny, Jesse Guinevan, The Naked Porch Podcast, Black Core VR, Hot Pockets, FYFC Podcasts, Barbara Murian, Dan Fields, Adele Adelrecht, Adorify, Demeter Hunter, The Chamber Studio. You think it, with a short list I would have picked easier to pronounce names. The Chamber Studio, Michael Green, Illusionoid, Dr. Peter Fusco, Ice in the Face, Superhero Speak, Super Pee Pee Time, Jake and Tom Conquer the World, Bootleg Bootleg Pod, Random Chatterings, John Dredge, Corgi Knievel, Leonid Aframov, The Dave Podcast, Christine Blackburn, Jay Porks, and She Works. I'll do my best to get everyone that mentions Suckatash on social media between this show and the next epi, I promise. All right, now, let's take a big lusty bite out of our second Burst O' Durst. 
Hey guys, Will Durst here at the DNC congratulating former First Lady, former U.S. Senator from the state of New York, former Secretary of State, former female, former human, Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton for finally breaking the glass ceiling. Beware the falling shards. Unfortunately, by way of doing so, she was forced to morph into a political cyborg, which is a problem. And here's another one. We know her too well. She's been on the national stage for 25 years, since 1991, when her husband first ran for president. Which means there's two ways of looking at it, and I don't know how this works. Either she has more baggage than the first United flight out of O'Hare after a freak spring blizzard, or she's like a single sardine thrown over the wall of a cat sanctuary with all the meat stripped from the scandal bone. A major reason I'm glad she's running is she pisses Republicans off so much, it's fun to watch. Seriously, it's biochemical. You remember what they said about her when she was first lady. She's a liar, she's a thief, she's a lesbian, she murdered Vince Foster with her bare hands and then ate him. That's when she was first lady. As opposition nominee, the kid gloves are coming off. Originally, the Clintons had three children, but sold two to a Bangkok brothel, to which Bill makes twice-yearly visits. The GOP hates her so bad, the rest of us can taste it. All you gotta do is mention her name. They start twitching like a hamster duct-taped to a rotor tiller. Actually make cartoon noises. Try it. Walk up to your favorite conservative and just whisper the words, President Hillary. I'm just looking forward to seeing the little trickle of blood coming out of Bill O'Reilly's ears every night. Sparks shooting out of his eyes. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. If you follow Will at Will Durst on Twitter, you know he's been posting some great snaps of him at the conventions. If you don't follow him, you should. As I said earlier, this is his busiest time with the ramp up to the presidential election officially in full swing. It's uh, it's the uh, the harvest season for political comedians, don't you know? So I got a note from our favorite acapella song stylist, Abner Surd, host of the Tall Tales and Shaggy Dogs podcast. Abner says, Hi, Mark. A few months ago, I tagged you in a song called Reflections on a Snowflake. While acknowledging that it didn't pack as much humor as some of the others, same goes for this one. It's all yours if you decide to use it, but I understand if it doesn't quite fit. Here's my latest little ditty called The Maybe Song. All right. Well, thanks, Abner, for sending that along. It, you know what? It's poignant. It doesn't always have to be funny. It's poignant. Uh, we're going to go out on your song, which uh, folks can find at your home site, abnersurd.com. That's A-B-N-E-R-S-E-R-D, abnersurd.com. Before we do, however, I want to remind everybody that I will be at the 5th Annual L.A. Podfest at the end of September, doing interviews in the podcast lab, also moderating the journalism and podcasting panel. So check out LAPodfest.com for deets and ticks. The next edition of this show will be a Succotash Chats version, featuring our, my interview over dinner with Matt Knudsen, the host of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. And uh, remember, start trying to use that soundcast word instead of podcast. And let me know if it's working out for you, because uh, I think we can, we can uh, have a movement. We can't seem to get Donald Trump out of the race, but we can at least change the name of podcasts if we really want to. All right, thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to pass the succotash. All right, take it away, Abner. Goodbye.
The maybes were buzzing in April. The maybes are heard in July. The maybes will buzz in December. Imagine the things we could try. Maybe we'll go climb a mountain, and maybe we'll fly to the moon. Maybe we'll swim across the ocean, and maybe come home again soon. The whole world is buzzing with maybes, all looking for something to do. Let's put them to work until some day, when all of our maybes come true. Maybe we'll go climb a mountain, and maybe we'll fly to the moon. Maybe we'll swim across the ocean, and maybe come home again soon. Maybe we'll go climb a mountain, and maybe. We'll fly to the moon. Maybe we'll swim across the ocean, and maybe come home again soon. <laughs> You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott. Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.